Greetings, Northlings, and welcome to Haunted Up North. This is not just a podcast, this is a paranormal podcast dedicated to the telling of real-life spooky experiences from the north of the UK. I went a bit MS there, because I've got the queen of MS on Haunted Up North today. MS means Marks and Spencers anyone unfamiliar with that abbreviation. It's a famous British retailer that sells clothing, food and home products. Some people in my family like to call it Marx's. Did you know the Spencer half of Marks and Spencer, because it was founded by two British businessmen, Michael Marx and Thomas Spencer. Actually no, Michael Marx was Polish-British, but Thomas Spencer strangely, was born in the town where I'm originally from in 1851 in Skipton, North Yorkshire. If you ever find yourself in Skipton, North Yorkshire, there is a plaque on the wall beside the Yorkshire Trading Company. If you're old school like me, you'll remember it more clearly as where Woolworths used to be. But there's a plaque, there is a plaque at the bottom of Newmarket Street, just next to the High Street roundabout, commemorating the fact that Thomas Spencer was born on that site. I'm not sure to what extent the building's been altered since the mid-1800s, but I do know, or I think I know anyway, that the back area of that section of street was called Queen's Court, and that is the official address of Spencer's birthplace. It's not called that anymore, which is why I'm going on about it. And the tunnel through which I suppose you used to access it via isn't there now either. However, I do remember my dad having a photographic book of Skipton when I was a kid. And in that book, there was a picture of a window, seemingly pretty high up above an alleyway that was reported to be the room in which Thomas Spencer was born. So possibly, just possibly, Thomas Spencer's birthplace may still be intact somewhere in that cluster of buildings. I find it interesting, okay. If anyone knows the answer to this about Thomas Spencer's birth room, (laughs) please let me know, and I'll let everyone else know too, because I'm sure you're all dying to know the answer. (sighs) Thomas Spencer. Thomas Spencer, Thomas Spencer. Yummy, 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 yum. Lots of yummy Skipton themes there for a Skipton-based interview, which is where the following spooky conversation took place. Like I said, our special guest today loves M&S, Marx's. She loves Gertstraminer wine. She absolutely loves, more than anything, to tell a story. And she loves being my grandma, which is what she is. My 80-odd-year-old grandma. If you hear a bit of rustling going on, just to explain... It's the sound of her fidgeting with her padded green gilet that she was wearing at the time. I hope it's not too distracting, and that despite the padded gilet rustles, you'll find yourselves scintillated, scared, and, most importantly, entertained by the spectral tales she's about to tell you today. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Victoria. I'm Sylvia. (laughs) Am I not doing this right? No, you are. You just uh, introduced yourself before I asked you because you knew I was going <laughs> to. You're Sylvia. Yes. Yeah. 
And I live in North Yorkshire. Mm. I have lived in many other places, such as Canada. Uh, so you live in North Yorkshire now? Yes. You live in Skipton? Yes. Which is where I'm originally from. But you grew up in Lancashire? Yes, I did. And you were born in Lancashire? I was. Do you near want... the witches. Near the witches? <laughs> did they live next door to you? No. <laughs> However, I lived in... I was born in Sabden. Which is... Where's that? On Pendle. Pendle. Ah, oh, right. Mm. In Lancashire. So yes. that's where the witches reference comes yes. from. Mm. The Lancashire witches. The Pendle yes. witches. Which is an awesome story, which we can talk about at a later date, maybe. Oh, yes, yes. So you're from the north. Yes. And you lived in Lancashire for many years. And then yes. you moved to Canada. Oh, yes, for about three years I lived in Canada, Toronto. And you were a nurse there, weren't you? Were you a nurse? Yes, I was a nurse before I went to live there. And I was a nurse there, which was quite different from the work in England, because they were ahead of us in technology. But we've caught up now. <laughs> <Have we? laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so you came back from Canada mm. and you came back to the north of England. I did. And you lived in North Yorkshire and became a teacher. Did you? Yes, I did. I did that. So yes. you were a teacher for lots of years. Oh, yes. <laughs> lots of years. But I enjoyed it. So you, you're going to tell some real-life paranormal experiences of your own today. Yes. That aren't to do with your northern Yorkshire life. They're to do with your... Oh, no, the first one. So you do have some from north Yorkshire, don't you? But you've got some from when you were growing up in Lancashire in the house that you lived in with your parents. Yes. Is that what you're going to tell us first? Yes, that was a, a very old terraced house. But... They were all the same in this street. Even the built-in furniture was all the same. But it wasn't a scary house at all. But at night, quite often, I used to scream for my dad and he'd come and turn the light on and I'd be all right then. But I would have heard swishing of skirts, somebody walking by me with either a satin or a silk skirt and it was swishing and it kept going by me and I, oh, I was petrified. This was at night when you were awake? It was just as I was going to sleep and then sometimes it'd be entirely different. It would just be there was somebody there breathing. Ooh, a man, so it was a woman with the skirts? Yes, and it was a man who was breathing. And, and again, I was petrified and shouted from the dad who used to come and turn the light on. And that wasn't just when I was going to sleep. Uh, I'd be lying there in the dark, but I wasn't sleepy. And then I'd hear this breathing. And I'd think, oh, somebody's there, somebody's yeah. there. But there never was anybody there. No one that you could see? No. But these houses were built in the very early 1800s. So I can't imagine who the people were there. But what year was it when you were born? 1937. So that's like 100 years, probably, before. Yes, there were. So that's like there a century. Were. So yeah, probably had quite a few people. Because mm. my house is... 125 or something mm. and I you know that's not much more 
No. But, so, no. I, but I kind of think of all the generations of people that probably lived in mine. Yeah, there must have been quite a few. Yeah. And uh, it sounds horrible. It sounds like a some kind of ghostly drama that you'd see on the BBC, like a woman, a ghost woman, being terrorised by the by the spirit of a nasty husband or something. Yeah, it's, and you were in the middle of it somewhere. I, know, I was always in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, so did the skirt swishing and the breathing happen at the same time? Or was no. it on different occasions, on different days, or on the same night, but at different it times? It wasn't in the same night. It was different occasions, different days. And uh, it was real. It, it wasn't anything I'd made up. And I'm not somebody who has a lot of dreams either. I've hardly ever dreamt, as far as I know. <laughs> Uh, or at least I've never remembered it. But this was quite close to my ear that somebody was breathing. Ugh. And that uh, was really, really scary. And was it like, did it sound like just a, so just a breathing or yeah. an aggressive breathing? No, it was just Ugh. breathing, but there shouldn't have been anybody there. Yeah. So it was really scary. Wow. And how old were you when you experienced that? I think I would be about eight or nine, something like that. And did it stop or did it just stop when you moved away? I think it's, oh, now then, I lived in that house when I went to be a nurse and so I left the house. But later on came back, but I, I was a lot older then and I didn't hear any of those things ever again. Maybe only... Little people who are susceptible. Yeah, I think so. I do feel like if I've ever had any kind of weird encounter, it's been when I've been a kid more than an adult. Oh, yes. But I also think, because we'll talk about this later, actually, how some entities might appear if you're going through emotional trauma. They can feed off your energy mm. and it helps certain types of entities manifest. Right. So perhaps were you going through an emotional time or was it just, maybe it is just Now, a... I'm thinking that I used to call for my father. Now, my father went away to the Second World War mm. and was not back until I was nearly nine. And I don't remember ever shouting for my mother. It was all, so it must have been when he came home from the war. And I suspect... There was a bit of upheaval going on in my mind. Yeah. Somebody who's been away and you've only seen once in your life before. Yeah. Is now your father and he's back in your house. Yeah, maybe. It's not easy. No. How many years was he away for? Seven. So you were maybe two when he went? Yes, you I was two. So you probably won't have remembered him, will you, when he went? No, I don't remember it. I do now. A lot of memories come back to me from when I was very small and he was there. But at that time in my life, I didn't have these memories. And he was just the chap who was coming back who everybody talked about. And a lot of people like me, a lot of children of my age were suffering a lot more than that. When one child, the father came home from the war and he'd been sleeping in his mum's bed. And now he was turfed out. And his dad slept there. And mm. he didn't know his dad. I mean, there were lots and lots of very 
traumatic upheavals because of this. Yeah. Mm. And I can imagine, especially if you're a young girl, because you had a brother who was younger than you. Yeah. So it's sort of a female, I won't say dominated, but mm. you probably weren't used to having a full-grown man in the house as well. No I can imagine I'd find that terrifying. It It was terrifying. And I think looking at it from my age now, I feel it was terrifying. Yeah. But at that time, you just had to take everything as it came. Oh, yeah. And I don't think I was terrified as confused. Yeah, because your dad wasn't yeah. a terrifying man. I don't mean that he was terrifying. No. Well, I presume he wasn't. <laughs> he was very military when he came home. We'd just start looking at different ways of looking at things. Really? But, See, that's not very nice. Not yeah. that I'm not blaming him for that, but as a kid, that's... These were all hardships. Oh, it's mega, isn't it? Yeah, it is mega. <laughs> when I think about some of the families near me and some of the children who were scarred for life by this man mm. coming back, who was not a very nice man. My dad was okay, but some of these were not very nice. And especially if they'd been affected by a war. Yes. Oh, yes. So maybe, All maybe of some them of them used had to been be. affected by it. Because your dad was affected by it, wasn't he? Oh, yes. And, of course, he was a young man of 21. What, when he went? Tw- 22 when he went away and when he came back he was a very mature man so I assume my mother found it difficult too yeah and he did it was constant difficulty so there was a lot of emotional upheaval in hindsight (laughs) yeah yeah but you had a did your brother ever see any of or hear any of these things the skirts and the breathing did he share a room or was in a different room We shared a room before that, but no, not after that. So, no, he never seemed to tend to feel my brother was insensitive to a lot of things. Mm. (laughs) Um, I used to think this was a male thing, that they didn't hear and see things, but he didn't. Maybe it was just appearing to you, but still very scary. Yeah. I think it was that room. That room was the thing. And my mother chose to have their bedroom in the back bedroom. And my bedroom was slightly bigger than theirs. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is that because it had you and your brother in it, though? It did in the first place. And uh, really, it was the wardrobe. Mm. There were two wardrobes in that room. And that's why I feel this swishing about was going on. Oh, yeah. So were those wardrobes... Were they there before, do you think? Yes. Really? Yeah, they were built into the house. So I think that was the swishing about. Yeah, maybe. And going past my bed to go there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Mm. Oh, so the lady was probably going to get dressed in her beloved wardrobe. Yeah. But I wonder why the man was breathing. <laughs> maybe he was, he was looking at the woman in the stresses and getting... Maybe I like... wasn't there. <laughs> To, to this, maybe the man was in the bed breathing and I was Oh, do you just, think he was in the bed? Is that how you felt? I felt like he was oh, in right. the bed breathing. And uh, so he was just in bed breathing, but it was absolutely scary to me. Do you think that was an old bed? Could have been. Could it have been someone else's Could have bed? Been. Yeah. Oh, wow. The more you talk about it, the more a story develops. 
Yeah, wow. it's it's just strange altogether. So there could have been two different ghosts from two different it, generations. I think it was, yes. Wow, I wonder, yeah. is that house still there, do you know? No, it's not there anymore. <laughs> hmm. I was round in that area not long since. It's completely changed, except the cinema at the end. <laughs> is that still there? Yeah. Is it still working? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm. You see so many cinemas, especially around Yorkshire, that are like really lovely and old and elaborate, don't you? Yes. And they're just empty or being used as... Because I think there's a couple in Haworth, where I live, and they're either, I don't know, just storage spaces for cars. (laughs) You know, it's it's kind of sad, isn't it? But it's nice to hear that that's still open. Yeah, it is. It's a working picture house. Yeah. (laughs) And across the street was the telephone box and the bus stop. And they were still there. Oh. Some of it's still there. Maybe the ghosts are still there somewhere. Probably. It's strange though, isn't it? If you think something's haunting a house and then the house disappears, are the ghosts still there? Because some people think... I've, I've talked about this in an earlier episode. I don't know if it was my dad or my mum. We talked about how some old scientists <laughs> mm. think that energy is stored in certain types of stone and that what you see as a ghost might be an echo from the energy stored in that stone. I'm not saying that's true because it doesn't Mm. sound very scientific, but we don't really know what these things are, do we? We don't. And I think possibly somebody was still living in that house and when it's gone, it's gone. Poor souls. But there we are. So did you see any ghosts while you're in Canada? No, Um, I was too busy trying to make a life for myself in Canada. I loved it, but I always wanted to come home. And so we eventually did and lived in Burnley again. And uh, we lived, my mother and father still lived in that house where I used to hear these ghosts. Yeah. And I lived in a house that was just to the bottom of there when we came back from Canada. And again, I don't remember, not long after we came back, I had my first child and I think you're so busy and you're so tired when you go to bed that you don't hear these things. But yes, it was quite a happy time, that. And maybe if you're not happy, like I wasn't at that time, these things creep in, but I was totally happy. I'd waited four years to have a child, <laughs> and I got one. That's my mum. That's your mum. <laughs> so I was completely uh, at her mercy all day long. <laughs> yeah, no time for ghosts. No, no. <laughs> so you said you had more than one story to tell. What's what's the next one? Well, it's in Burnley again, but it was uh, I was nursing then. And I lived in Stonyholm, and a lot of the nurses, young nurses, our matron used to go to Ireland once a year and recruit nurses. And a lot of Irish nurses lived where I did. And we'd all walk up to the hospital, and we all had to pass St John's Ivy Street. And they all used to say, we'll just bob in. So I used to bob in with them. And there was always the old lady at the back with the beads the nuns flitting across the altar, the sanctuary light, 
people coming, bobbing in and bobbing out and uh, not, not interfering with anybody else, but just coming and going. And it was such a lovely atmosphere. And these girls used to go and say their prayers and then they come, come on, we're off. And we'd gone up to, to the hospital. And I was very much drawn to this church. I was Church of England at that time. And my church was in town. And I thought on the Wednesday, my day off, I would go to my church and see what that was like during the middle of the week. And I went in there and there wasn't a soul in there. There was not another person in that church. And I felt I was being driven out. And I was imagining somebody coming to say, what are you doing here? And it was really awful. And I had to get out of there. And it was just like I was being pushed out. Like there were forces moving me out. Like I shouldn't be there. Was that so that was that a presence in the building? Yes. And there was not a soul, nothing. The quiet, but I just felt pushed out. Do you think some there was a presence in there that day? Yes. Pushing me out. How weird. And it really felt bad. I felt really scared that I had to get out. I wasn't wanted there. So I thought, no. Maybe it was the ghost of a misogynistic vicar. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. (laughs) However. What else? Well, my son died. It's about two years ago, just a bit. Yeah. And. Quite a few things. I felt he was roundabout and making me laugh. But I can't remember in what ways, but I kept feeling he was roundabout. And then I used to help with the afternoon teas at church with all the old ladies and men coming. And they used to have various things going on during these. And it was the turn of the ukulele band. (laughs) And they were playing... All Elvis tunes, all the way through, they were playing Elvis tunes, which these old people all jived away to, and I did. It's quite good. And then suddenly, this man said, and we're going to play something we've just been practising. It's, what was it called? Shotgun. Shotgun by Ezra. George Ezra. George Ezra. (laughs) Now, that was the final music that my son's coffin was taken out of the church. And I was absolutely floored. And it made me cry because I thought, how could they play that in the middle of a whole load of things with Elvis? Yeah. How could this happen? And I thought to myself, Alistair, just wait till I get up there. (laughs) (laughs) You've really done it this time. (laughs) And I am sure... That was him having a joke. And I'll joke him when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was really odd. You know, it, I could not explain it at all. Why would the old ukulele band be playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Jeffrey. strange, yeah, because it's quite a quite a poppy song, isn't it, really? Yeah. And they were and I can understand <laughs> that they were playing it and it was Something you could really put to a ukulele. But I thought, 
God heaven. Because you hadn't even heard that song much anyway, had you? I had never and then heard, you heard it. heard it everywhere. <laughs> I never heard it. And it wasn't even when it was in the charts that it no. was played at the funeral, was it? No, it was because my son used to sing it all the time. But it's strange for a David Bowie fan to, to get into George Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was into, what was the other thing he was into? Um, oh, he went down to London for his birthday, bought him a ticket. Enya? No. <laughs> he liked Enya at one point, didn't he? I know. He, he liked lots of different <laughs> Nothing things. Nothing wrong with Enya. Yeah. Nothing wrong with George Ezra. It's just... But I never got over that. I had to go out of the room and I thought, Alistair, you've done this. <laughs> but he was always teasing me anyway. <laughs> So, talking about bedroom ghosts. Yes. I've talked about a few things in earlier episodes with my mum and my dad about things that have happened to me when I've been in bed or other little mm. spooky things, but I forgot to tell them... Sorry, there's a fly in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> in my hair. Uh, I forgot to tell them about... They already know about it, but we used to go to Northumberland a lot for holidays. Yeah. And sometimes I'd get a horrible feeling in some of the houses. Mm. Like, I talked about a room that I stayed in that I got put in and it was in the back of the house and I was just terrified of that room like just ridiculously mm. terrified it was a spooky room there was something weird in there it mm. was just weird but I feel like I was probably nervous of all the rooms that I stayed in because they weren't my room and yeah. as you're a kid you feel nervous about spaces that you're not familiar with especially in the dark mm. but I can't remember where this cottage was that we stayed but I'd gone to bed and they were up watching television still so I was lying in my bed and they'd left the door open a little bit. My lights were out, uh, but the hallway light was on mm. just for comfort. But there were some, I think there was some coat, there were some coats in the hallway, whether the shadow was cast a little bit into the, you know, the light gap between yes. the door and the wall. It, they were causing a weird shadow. And so, you know, when you're a kid and you see a shadow, yeah. you see all sorts of things, don't you? Mm. And your imagination runs wild. And this could be an example of my imagination running wild. But I just kept looking at these coats and thinking it's a, it's a person, it's a person stood there. But I knew it wasn't the person stood yes. there. So I closed my eyes, I thought, just try and forget about it. I was little. But then when I opened them again, this is very distinct in my memory. They'd changed. Oh. This is how my eyes saw this. Mm. They'd changed. And they looked like a man in a hat <laughs> stood oh. in the middle of the door looking yes. at me. And it was so, it was so scary like, I wasn't so prone to flights of fancy that I would scream out loud for stuff, mm. I don't think, very often when I was a kid, would I? I was probably a spooked yeah. kid, but I don't think I ever really let my senses get away with me and that I really mm. believed something was a ghost if it wasn't. Mm. You know, the things that I saw and felt, I usually had to come to a point where I really believed mm. that what I was seeing was there. So there was this man in my vision that I remember, and he had a, a hat on, and he was tall and dark, and so I screamed, like, just absolutely screamed the house down because I was terrified. And I, I must have closed my eyes or something, or hidden, and when I looked back up, he wasn't there anymore. The coat shadow, whatever it was, had changed. The man yeah. wasn't there. And then obviously my parents came in. So it could have just been an over overactive imagination brought on by panic mm. and silliness. <laughs> However, there's so much about this phenomenon written online even before the age of the internet, people were talking about this before the internet mm. arrived, that it feels hard to dismiss this hat man vision without considering how my experience could be connected 
to the experiences of others mm. who've described similar encounters. So I'm going to talk about that on here yeah. for a little bit. I'm not saying this is true or anything, but it seems strange that I had a vision of a man in a hat. Yes. And then you go online and you're like, <clears throat> there's lots of people talking about seeing a man in a hat mm. when you're asleep or just about to go to sleep. Because apparently lots of witnesses have seen Hat Man, <laughs> hat man <laughs> uh, when they were children but have kept quiet about it for years, for the reason I've just said, mm. because it might just be daftness, which it probably was. But this apparition has been witnessed by countless people across the globe, and numerous people have related accounts of being woken up in the dark to find the dark silhouette of a man in a hat. Mm -hmm. Hat man, as is usually universally referred to, standing in a corner watching them or looming over them in bed. Mm. Could this be the Sandman? <laughs> I think... Sandman's a graphic novel, I think. Yeah, and could it come oh, from right. the man who's put sand in your eyes so you go to sleep? No, I don't know. Maybe it's the Sandman. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, there is something in that little bit, and I'll talk mm. about that in a second. Um, he's always described as wearing a fedora-style hat, a cape or a trench coat, stands about six feet tall and sometimes has glowing red eyes. This one <laughs> didn't. <laughs> no. So glowing red eyes where his face is presumed to be. And there have also been reports of him carrying a gold watch, which <laughs> attached to a chain at his waist, which he occasionally glances down to look at. And many people refer to Hatman as being one of the shadow people. So mm -hmm. a shadow person, according to certain religions, is a shadowy spiritual being, not a ghost, but likened to the shades of the underworld. Do you know what the shades are? The shades? Yeah. No. So a shade... In literature and poetry, a shade is the spirit or ghost of a dead person residing in the underworld. Right. So a shade or shadow people. And it's not a nice person. Yeah. Shadow. It seems to be linked to hell. So the topic of shadow people became popularised in the early 2000s through various talk shows and websites, and they're mostly described as dark, human-shaped figures that flicker in and out of your peripheral vision. Mm. Have you had any of those? No. Uh, some people believe that they're evil, and that they've actually been attacked by this entity, Hatman, but some people think that Hatman might be an alien, or visions of Hatman. There might be multiple Hatmen. Some people yeah. think that aliens come to Earth to observe us from another dimension, or that they're even time travellers. Don't think that they're wearing trilbies. <laughs> it might be. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, actually. Mm. It could just be that they're seeing a shadow person, but their yeah. imagination has morphed a hat onto it. I don't mm. know, because of pop culture. Uh, but because most of these reports involve the vision of Hatman merely standing and watching, displaying no reaction to the person he's supposedly observing, that's why a lot of people think he might be there in an observational capacity, mm -hmm. which is probably where the alien and time traveller thing has come from. Mm. So when the visitation's over, he simply moves away and disappears. But safe to say, despite him being described mostly as a seemingly immovable figure, he almost always provokes such fear and terror in those who see him that he's widely associated with feelings of negativity. Right. Which is yeah. what we are talking about earlier, mm. with the ghost haunting you at night. Yeah. In many cases, Hatman has appeared during moments where negative emotions are taking place, so if someone's feeling depressed or abused or is experiencing some kind of traumatic state, yeah. that's apparently when he likes to appear. And this has led to the notion that he feeds off negativity like he's some kind of demonic parasite. Mm. 
Because demons are said to do that, aren't they? In various famous hauntings that we know about involving demons, they enjoy pain and causing pain. Mm. And the more pain they inflict, the stronger they become. Uh, and this theory is linked to another one, that Hatman could be a demon who's sent to bring those who are about to die to hell. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? I know you don't believe anything. I'm not saying I believe all this, but it's quite no. a... It's quite an interesting read, because I can, is, I can see yeah. your face, the listeners can't see your face, but I can. I read a story about a girl who'd only see Hatman. She saw Hatman quite often, but she she only saw Hatman when she was dating a physically abusive boyfriend, and after breaking up with him, she never saw him again. It's, it's strange, is that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But when she got rid of the nasty boyfriend, it all went away. Some psychological experts suggest that the concept of Hatman might be just your mind conjuring up a vision of something that represents figures from horror films and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like in um, 1986, there was a sequel to Poltergeist, wasn't there? Poltergeist 2. Have you seen mm-hmm. Poltergeist 2? I haven't, no. Have you seen Poltergeist? No. You should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Poltergeist 2 quite famously has a supernatural villain who wears a fedora hat, oh. like the one Hat Man is supposed to be wearing during his nocturnal visits. Obviously, Freddy Krueger from A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> That's an excellent film. You should... I don't think you'll like it, actually. <laughs> I tend to avoid things like that, to be honest. Um, but A Nightmare on Elm Street is directed by Wes Craven, a guy called Wes Craven. And that film was inspired by the 1970s Hmong refugees who, after fleeing to America to escape genocide in Cambodia and Vietnam, they suffered such disturbing nightmares that they refused to sleep and some of them actually died while experiencing nightmares which is horrible oh that's so awful um, but that's that's the main plot of nightmare on elm street where teenagers are getting terrorized and slaughtered by a man in a fedora hat mm-hmm. who is you know as we know freddy krueger so that's quite linked to hat man in a way isn't yeah, it it's like yeah. a nightmarish nighttime vision in a hat yes yes so people psychologists think that, that could all be connected you just your subconscious is your brain's doing crazy things with could be yeah more recently the haunting of hill house had the ghost of a hat man terrorizing one of the characters throughout his life from when he was a small boy that's an amazing supernatural show haunting of hill house i think you'd like it actually that yeah it's on netflix it might be a bit emotional for you actually yeah you don't like emotions i tend to avoid (laughs) too much emotion (laughs) some think that hat man is a side effect of sleep paralysis, as many who suffer from sleep paralysis have said to have perceived a shadowy figure walking towards them while they're lying there immobilised. My auntie, your daughter-in-law, had, uh, had this. Yes. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. She said she went through a time where she'd awake. She'd wake up, but she couldn't. Um, it wasn't quite like that, but she couldn't move, but she was awake. But she felt like she was watching herself not be able to move or something like that. It felt like her mm. perception of herself was outside of her body yeah. and she could see herself. It, mm. I don't, it's weird, that. I don't think I've ever experienced that. No, I haven't. But sleep paralysis obviously does strange things. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I was asleep when I thought I saw this thing. No. But yeah, some people think that. But Hatman does more often than not appear to people while they're in bed, either going to sleep mm. or as they've just woken up. So lots of theories about Hatman. What do you think about it? Have you ever seen a hat man? No, I haven't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I tend to think some people are prone to this. Some people are are definitely not. 
Some people are fanciful anyway and perhaps try to explain something in words of their own. I I wouldn't deny any of this, having felt those things in my bedroom when I was little. There are things out there doing things, but I, I don't think they can harm us. I somehow feel they're all out there. They're all poor souls and they're not going to harm us. That's the way I look at it. I think, well, there have been lots of reports of manifestations in houses that are harmful, mm. you know, like poltergeists and some some things are disturbing if you believe them. Oh, yeah. And they can feed off negative energy and mm. they can use that energy to create more havoc. I do think there's so many cases of that happening mm. That I think I don't I can't discredit that and I can't say that I can't say that something wouldn't do you harm. But you're saying you're sort of saying just ignore them and they'll go away. And I think there's something in that, isn't there? The less energy you give to something, yes, the better. Well, you know, the less fear that you can emit, or the less, the more you don't let it take control of your life. Yes, I, you can be scared, but you can let common sense move in and say that can't happen to help you to ignore it. I know a lady who resorts to this method for everything not nice. You make the sign of the cross and it goes away. (laughs) Now, I can't believe that that happens all the time. If you are going to resort to that, you must be somebody who believes that that will come out right. It's not anybody off the street say, make the sign of the cross, it go away. It won't. No. I think maybe it does for her because she believes that. Yeah, it's not about the sign of the cross. No. It's about the power of her her own mind. Uh, uh, being, I'm not going to have this. Yeah. Yeah. If someone kept coming into your house, but then kept coming every day, mm. eventually you'd have to tell them to not come in every day, mm. wouldn't you? Yeah. So I guess you'd have to sort of adopt that kind of mentality mm. for an unwanted thing in your life, something you can't control or see. The only thing you can do is have some kind of well, you've got to have solid resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And say, this is not good for me, so can you stop it? <laughs> but there's all sorts of theories about what these things are anyway. Mm. I talked about with my dad that it's not necessarily a ghost haunting you. Yeah. It's It could be two different planes of something going on and you're clashing. And the thing that you're seeing, like the man that you heard breathing, mm. you might have heard you breathing from whenever he was. Do yes. you know what I mean? Yes, it's possible. But uh, my the... dad always squashed it. How did you tell him about it? Oh, well, when I screamed for my dad, he'd ask me what was the matter. Mm. And I'd tell him and say, that's rubbish. You've mm. been dreaming. And so I would go to sleep happily. I'd been dreaming. And if uh, that's easier to deal with, mm. what are you going to do? Say, oh, my God, it is a ghost. And if you can't get through that... Mm-hmm. The only other thing you can say is it's not there. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. I'm not saying they're wrong. But if someone's suffering from something, it's um, it's probably not right to just dismiss it. No, no. It's probably there needs to be some intervention from somebody who knows what they're doing. But who does? No one. No. We don't know what it is. No. We don't even... Like these, these podcasts I've said before, they're not necessarily about proving the existence of anything it's just talking about it yeah yeah so thanks for talking with me you're welcome 
Anytime. Maybe next time you could, uh, if you hear any ghost stories that yes. you hear from any of your friends, because mm. you have many, you could maybe tell me about them. Right. Are we still on here? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and for letting my grandma and I inject a bit of Northern soul into your day. I hope you found Breathing Ghost, Skirt Swish Ghost, Church Ghost, and Hatman Ghost to be good, and that you were suitably entertained by them. Long live the North and all who haunt her, and may her power forever compel you to never presume that your 80-odd-year-old grandma knows as much about Poltergeist and Nightmare on Elm Street as you do. Because she doesn't. Remember, listeners, please do send us your real-life doorstep ghost stories to hauntedupnorth at gmail.com for a chance to hear them read out on the show. And until next time, because there will be a next time. All right. See you later. Don't think that they're wearing trilbies.